Awesome. Good morning to everybody watching us online or listening to us on our podcast. Welcome to our Winners Worship Express, brought to you by Winners Church. We're glad to have you here today. It's a great time to be alive, as Bobby Connie would say. Before we get started, we're going to take communion. And communion is something that we got from the Word. It's a practice that we do every first of the month where we remind ourselves of the finished work of Jesus Christ. We remind ourselves what he did for us with his broken body. We remind ourselves of what he did for us by, by, um, by sacrificing his blood so our sins can be cleansed, but also that we can be protected. And it's very important that we do this all the time, as much as we can. We're living in a world where they're constantly reminding you about sickness and disease. We're living in a world where Satan's reminding you about your old habits or about your bloodline or about curses on your bloodline. I want to let you know the blood of Jesus covers all that. And whenever we do communion, whenever we make this practice more, when we do this more often, we remind ourselves that we are set free. We remind ourselves that we are protected. We remind ourselves that we are covered. We remind ourselves that we are blood bought by the Lamb of God. So we're going to take communion. And we get, we go, communion comes from the scripture of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And it reads, For I received from the Lord that which also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Whatever you have resembling the bread, if you have bread or crackers, I want you to hold it up, break it, and begin to thank God for his broken body. Father, thank you for the broken body of Jesus Christ. Thank you that this body stood in our place where we should have been standing for our sins. This body took our place. Thank you for the bruises. Thank you for the whips. Thank you for the lashing that this body took. The Bible talks about 39 strikes. By 39 strikes, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Thank you so much for this sacrifice. Because of this sacrifice that's been made for us, we've been set free. We are now children of God. Our destinies are now renewed. We now have have something to look forward to. We now have a new hope. We are now looking into a sun that shines brighter and brighter for our lives. Thank you so much that we have a living hope, a hope of eternity because of the broken body of Jesus Christ. You may take and eat in Jesus' name. In verse 25, it reads, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he, clump, till, he, till he comes. So I want you to take whatever you have that resembles the blood of Jesus, water, grape juice, wine, whatever you have, and I want you to hold it up and begin to thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, so much for your precious blood that cleansed us, that made us new. Thank you for your blood that has blotted out every single sin that we have done, every single transgression. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers our disobedience, our rebellion. Thank you so much for the blood that protects us from sickness and diseases, that protects us from, from, the, from plagues. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ that, it, that covers our bloodline, that every curse that may be on our bloodline is now broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We have a new hope. We have a future to look forward to because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for covering us by your, with your blood. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And that the scripture says, as often as you do this, you proclaim the finished work of Jesus Christ. I want to I remind you, remember the work is finished. Remember the price has been paid. Because of it, you've been set free. Because of it, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Because of the finished work, you have a new hope and you have a future to look forward to. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
Well, welcome once again, and now we're going to get into our word. I've been um, seeking the Lord about what should I be ministered, what should I minister to you today? And the word that kept coming to, to me was disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. God wanted me to encourage the people of God for those who may be disappointed. Disappointment comes by many ways. One of the ways it comes is when a failed expect, when an expectation does not come to pass or when a, a, a hope has not, you don't meet the hope that you are hoping, that you are um, expecting to have. And God is, wants to tell, let his people know that there's no need to be disappointed. There's no need to be discouraged. For whatever word he has spoken to you, for whatever thing that he has promised you, he's going to fulfill it. Many of you, you may have prayed some prayers for many years and you have not seen those prayers come to pass as of yet. For many of you, maybe you are hoping for a job and that job did not come through yet. Maybe you just got hired and then something happened where things did not go as planned. Or maybe for some of you, you are hoping to have this amount of money. You are hoping to be at this place in life, but you have not gotten there yet. And it's causing this, it has caused you to be disappointed. And disappointment has led to discouragement. Discouragement has led to stagnation. And the Lord is telling you today that he does not want you to be, dis to be discouraged. He does not want you to be disappointed. He does not want you to shut down, but he wants you to rise up. He wants you to renew your hope and to look forward to the things that you've been believing for. Look forward to the things you've been pressing for. There's a man by the name of Lenny Cook. Lenny Cook was a, a, a basketball player, and he was, um, during the um, season of 2000-2001, he, he was actually ranked higher than LeBron James. These young men are coming, they're getting ready to come out of high school, and they're about to enter into college, or some of them are going to be drafted. And Lenny Cook is one of them, along with um, LeBron James, um, Carmelo Anthony, um, um, Joa, Noah Kim, and, and, a, and a few other um, um, NBA players. Noah Joachim, sorry, a few other um, NBA players, um, young men. But for Lenny Cook, he was very, very good. He pushed, he pressed, he played hard. And he had made the decision to forego college and to go straight to the NBA draft against, some, uh, against bad advice. Um, people were telling him, go to school, work on your academics, go to college, don't go to the draft. But agents, agents kept telling him, listen, the NBA is interested in you. There are teams that are interested in you, and you're going to make this draft. So he decided to, he decided to leave, to not to go to college, and decide to, to draft an NBA lottery. But he went to the NBA lottery, and then on the first and second draft picks, his name was never called. He was never picked. And that caused his heart to... To, to really be broken because he had a high expectation to be chosen for the NBA and he did not get chosen. As time went on, he decided to continue to play basketball through various leagues and through various tournaments, trying his best to get back into the trying his best to get back towards the draft or make it maybe even trying out for NBA team, but for some reason, the plans never pan out. As a matter of fact, he became injured. And as of 2008, he said, I'll never play basketball again. He actually shut himself down from playing basketball. He was disappointed because his dream did not come to pass. And that's what disappointment is, is a failed expectation. And when it's church, we don't want to be like this young man who stopped pressing in for his dreams, who stopped pressing in for his goals. God wants us to press in. And one time the Lord asked me a question, is it better to believe or is it better to live in doubt? What is, it, what is the best thing for you? Is it better to have hope? Or is it better not to expect anything at all? And I answered the Lord. I said, Lord, it's better to believe. The Lord said, it's better. To, then the Lord began to reveal to me, it's better to be filled with life. And it's better to expect things to happen for you. Because the more you do this, the more you live in hope, the more you live in expectation, the more you live in joy. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs. It says that 
Hope deferred make the heart sick, but when desire comes, it is a tree of life. So it is true that disappointment can break your heart. Disappointment can make your heart sick. In addition to that, when disappointment comes, it can also lead into other physical sicknesses and diseases. You do studies through, um, if you study, if you do some cancer research or um, research um, concerning the bones or anything else, you'll find that many times when people are disappointed, when people's hearts are sick, when people's hearts are broken, it can open a door to sickness and disease. And this is why God is encouraging Winners Church, anybody watching online, no longer be disappointed. No longer allow yourself to be shut down. For the promise is coming to pass. One thing you, that, that, that you can hope in is that Jesus is real. Jesus loves you. Jesus sees you. And Jesus knows all that you have, all the desires in your heart. And Jesus wants to give you the desires of your heart. That is the truth. That's what the word says in the book of Psalms. This is not something that I made up myself. This is not something that I'm, 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 I've just put together. This is actually what the Bible teaches. And it says this in the book of Psalms. I love this scripture because it says in Psalms chapter 37, verse 4 to 5, delight yourself also in the Lord and he should and he should give you the desires of your heart. Friends and family, God's will for your life is to give you the desires of your heart. It's not for you to be mocked. It's not for you to be laughed at. It's not for you to be sit there in sadness because things have not come to pass. God is grieved. Jesus is grieved when his people are in sadness, when his people are discouraged, when his people are disappointed. Jesus does not want that for his people. He wants his people to have the best. He wants his people to be blessed. He wants his people to have joy. Because you know what happens when you have joy? That joy spills over to other people. You become a testimony to other people. When you have the joy of the Lord, other people say, man, there's something about you that's great. There's something about you that's happy. There's something about you that's beaming with light. That's why Jesus wants you to have it. But in addition to that, Jesus, Jesus wants you to be happy, plain and simple. Jesus wants the people in this church, everybody wants you online. He wants you to be happy. He does not want you to be sad. The world wants you to be sad. The world wants you to be cast down. Even Satan himself wants you to be cast down. Satan himself does not want you to have hope. Yet he has tried to get you to curse God. In the book of Job, the Bible talks about how he tried to get Job to curse God by removing all of Job's possessions, but he failed at doing that. So he can't get you to curse God, but he can get you to doubt God's goodness for your life. He can get you to live in discouragement. He can get you to live in, in, in disappointment. But Jesus is saying, no more. Rise up out of this shutdown and no longer be disappointed. No longer be discouraged. Look unto the perfect noonday. Look unto the blessings of God. Look unto the word of God. There's a story in the Bible um, about um, the story of the man, um, Zachariah, and his wife, Elizabeth. They gave birth to John the Baptist, but before they gave birth, they were old in age. And the Bible says that it was a time for um, Zacharias to, to, to um, fulfill his duties in the temple. And he went into the temple and he's fulfilling his duties. The Bible said that there were people outside the temple praising God. And the Bible says that he's in there doing his duties at the altar, burning the incense. The Bible says that an angel appeared to him. And this angel came to him and said, Zachariah, the first thing he said to him, your prayer has been heard. And he began to tell him, not only is your prayer heard, you're going to have joy. You're going to have a son. And this is what he's going to do. And he began to prophesy to him and tell him all the things that's going to happen to him. But Zachariah said, should I have a son, me, in my old age, me and my wife, should we really be a children at this time? Now, I, I began to look at that and say, why would Zachariah respond that way? Well, for one, he was old, that's true. But it looks like this is a prayer he had many, many years ago. And for some reason, he let that prayer go. He let that expectation go. So now when that angel came to him with a great greeting and said, listen, this was going to happen, he doubted it. 
He said, no, it's been so long. Me and my wife tried to have kids so long ago. And we became the reproach of the town. People began to look at us and say, well, something bad must have happened to us. Could you imagine you're trying to have children in a culture where children is a blessing from God? Actually, when you had kids in that culture, it was a mark of God's blessing in your life. It was a mark of multiplication. It was a mark that God's hand of approval was on you. And then they, they, they're not having any kids. They can't have kids for whatever reason. The Bible says that God closed the womb and they're not having any children. She's out there with her friends. All her friends are all single. They all get married together. But as soon as they have children, her and her friends can't relate anymore. So can you imagine what, what they're going through? And now this angel comes and with one single word changes the day. With one single word turns things around. But Zacharias doubted it. And I want to encourage you not to let go of your dreams, not to let go of your expectations, not to let go of your hope. Don't do it. It's a lie from the enemy. It's a trick. One thing you'll find the enemy doing, he wants you to get you to, he, his goal is to have you doubt the Lord God, the Lord your God. There's a king, by the king, there's a, there's a king, he goes by the name of Hezekiah. And the Bible talks about when another king came to him to take uh, the king of Assyria, or uh, the king of Assyria, um, he came to him and, and his goal was to take Hezekiah and take the children of Judah. He said, I'm coming to your land and I'm going to seize it. And he said, listen, do not believe in the Lord your God. Don't let people lie to you. He said to him, the, the, in the same way the other gods of the other countries of Egypt and all those other countries that have conquered, this, in the same way their gods haven't helped them, your God's not going to help you. And he tried his best to discourage Hezekiah, but thank God for the prophetic word that came to Hezekiah telling him not to be afraid. And God began to prophesy through the prophet. Uh, and begin to tell him this is what's going to happen to this king and you don't have to worry about a thing. And I want to prophesy to you now that you, you don't have to worry about a thing. You don't have to be afraid. Your dreams are coming to pass. You may have to make some adjustments. You may have to make some changes. But the things that you have hoped for, the things that you have believed for, especially the things that are found in his word and especially the things that God has spoken to you, the Lord wants to give to you. The Lord wants to bless you with. I remember the story of, um, of, of, of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Lazarus had died. And the book says in John chapter 11, I love this scripture, because when someone dies, we feel disappointed, especially someone who is close to us. Many of us, we have lost people during the season of COVID, during this pandemic, or um, overall, we, we have lost people throughout the years. But for some, I mean, uh, not for some, but those people have gone, they have, they have gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, and um, there's been some um, um, great disappointment because some of these people we expected to live long, some of these people we expected to be with us for a very long time and we didn't expect them to go. But I want to encourage you, even for those who have left us, not to be disappointed for God is your hope and God is your comfort. God gives you comfort and God gives you peace. Take joy and peace in the memories. Take joy and peace in the time that you got to be with these people. Take joy and take peace that they're in a better place in Jesus' name. Amen. But going back to what I want to say to you about John chapter 11, and uh, um, Lazarus died. So now Mary and Lazarus, I mean, Mary and Martha had this huge disappointment, including Jesus, because the Bible talks about how Jesus loved Lazarus. And then Martha comes to Mary, I mean, to Jesus and says this, I mean, in fact, let me start with the story first. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And I love the response that Jesus gave her. When, he, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, 
but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He began to give a, a word of hope, a word of encouragement. But as the story goes, for some reason, they cannot receive that word from Jesus. It was hard for them to receive it. They said, no, he's dead. He's been dead for four days. There's now a smell. But Jesus was, was, was grieved that they cannot receive it. And Jesus is grieved when you can't receive the words of hope, when you can't receive his prophetic word, when you can't look to the word and have faith, Jesus becomes grieved. Because Jesus knows, listen, I want to help you. But if you're grieved, if you're shut down, it's very hard for you to receive and it's very hard for you to expect. And one of the things, uh, um, disappointment, is, disappointment is like a disease. It starts out with you being shut down. It starts out with your heart being broken. And, it and then it leads into to stagnation. It leads to you staying there. It leads to you no longer looking, no longer expecting, no longer dreaming, no longer having joy, no longer having your joy filled. You're now accepting life the way it is. You're now just content for just the ordinary. And the Lord is saying, no, 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 rise up and be happy, rise up and be excited. And there's several things the Lord wants us to do to have this happen for us. If we're gonna get out of this disappointment, if we're gonna get out of this discouragement, I wanna give you several keys that you can do to get out of it. And let me tell you something, disappointment is normal. Even the Lord was disappointed. The Bible talks about how the Lord was disappointed with mankind in the book of Genesis chapter six. In Genesis chapter six, the Lord was disappointed with how mankind had become so violent towards each other. And the Bible said that he was grieved and he regretted um, um, creating man. But the Bible said that he found grace in Noah's sight. So even though God was disappointed, he still found grace. Even though God was disappointed, he still remembered the plan that he had for mankind. Could you think, think about that? Human beings today, or not even today, human beings are doing what they want to do. They're going against God. They're rebelling. They don't want to believe him. They're cursing him. The world is just angry about God, angry anything. And when it comes to good news, they don't want to believe in Jesus Christ. They believe he's a, a white man's gospel. Some of them believe that. Some of them believe that he's false. Some of them believe that he's not coming. And it grieves God, but yet God finds hope in the people that do believe in him. God finds grace in the people who do want to walk after him. So even your heavenly father is not being shut down. Even your heavenly father is not stopping. He's moving forward. And he wants you to have that same attitude, that same mentality. No matter how things may look, no matter how long you have waited, continue to believe and expect the things that you've been believing God for. Continue to believe and expect from me. There's a time for those things to come and pass. There's a timing, and the Lord wants you to continue to stand in faith for those things. And that's what faith is all about. The Bible talks about how though they did not enter into the promised land, but yet they saw these things from afar, they continue to hold on to that hope. They continue to hold on to that belief. And one of the things you have to do, you have to see these things from afar. And I like to, I like to call this point, remember the future. Remember the future means remember what God has spoken to you about your future. The book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we love to quote that scripture. That scripture talks about how God knows the plan and purpose for us to give us a hope in the future. But do you know that that scripture, that prophecy came when the children of Israel were going into exile? They're going into a land of captivity by the Babylonian Empire. The king of Nebuchadnezzar had been given permission by heaven to take the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, and put them into captivity. And they're there, but God gives them hope. God said, I have a future for you. And matter of fact, in addition to that, God says, wherever you're going, continue to plant, continue to build, continue to buy. And not only that, pray for the peace of that nation that you're going to be in bondage to. For there is a hope, there's an expectation. So even in the midst of that, God still expected the children of Israel to have hope and have expectation to dream big. Isn't that wonderful? That's amazing. Think about it. You're in captivity and God says, continue to dream big. 
Continue to buy homes. Continue to build businesses. Continue to pray for this nation. Continue to bless. Continue to prosper. And God is saying the same thing to you. Some things you're still waiting for to come to pass. Some things have not panned out the way you planned them to. Continue to believe. Continue to remember the future that I have for you. Continue to expect the things that I planned for you. Continue to remember the dreams that I showed you in the night season. Continue to remember the prophetic words that I've spoken to you. Continue to remember. Continue to meditate. Continue to declare those things for there is a hope and God is going to bring those things to pass. Many of you, you may be married and your marriage may not look the way you want it to look and it's caused you to be brokenhearted. It's caused you to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. There is a hope. Or maybe you're in college. You wanted to make this type of grade. You wanted to get into this internship. You wanted to start this business and it didn't pan out the way it is. There is a hope. Don't give up on that. Or maybe you're in your old age and you're saying, you know what? My life did not turn out the way it is. God is saying, I'm here to turn things around for you. Continue to hope. Continue to expect. Because the moment we stop believing, the moment we stop expecting, we, the angels, we put our, we, we put our angels, um, we, we call our angels to stop working for us. For, for why does an angel need to get up and move things behind the scenes and put things in place if you're no longer expecting and believing? Why does he need to do that? That's why Zacharias almost missed it. The angel said, because you don't believe it, you're not going to be able to speak. He almost missed his hour of visitation. He always missed the time where God was fulfilling the promise to him. He almost missed it. And I want to encourage you when this church, do not be disappointed because I don't want you to miss it. Jesus doesn't want you to miss it. I want to see you fulfill your dreams. The Lord wants to see you fulfill your dreams. So continue to hope, continue to believe, continue to expect for whatever God has spoken to you in Jesus' mind and continue to remember the future the Lord has spoken to you. Jesus remembered the future. That's why he was so successful. He remember, he saw what was ahead of him. He saw the glory. He saw the blessings. Even though he was betrayed by a man who was with him for three years, every single day, this man betrayed him, but Jesus was not moved by that. He, he didn't let it stop him. He may have been disappointed for a second. He may have been sad for a moment, but he rose up and he continued to go forward. He continued to, to pray for his people, to pray for his disciples. In the book of um, Samuel, it talks about how King Saul disappointed God greatly. God spoke a word. I'm going to judge this nation for what this nation did to the children of Israel. And I want you to execute this judgment by doing this, X, Y, D, A, B, C. And Saul did not do it at all. So he embarrassed the Lord. He disappointed him greatly. And the judgment that was supposed to be given was delayed. And God said, I am greatly disappointed. But he told, and Samuel, who also was a prophet to King Saul, who also helped establish the kingdom, he also disappointed. But God told Samuel, why do you cry? I have chosen someone else. I have somebody else for this person. So though your answer may not have come, the Lord said, don't cry. Don't weep any longer. There's something else in store for you. There's something else in store for you. There's more for you. Actually, that answer may be delayed, but it's coming to pass for you. Some of you, may, maybe you did apply for a job or you did apply for a promotion. They gave it to someone else. God has an, another answer for you. Don't, don't be discouraged or don't be disappointed by that. Don't be held back by that. And I want to encourage you to remember the future. You are going somewhere. One thing you have to understand about your father, about your Lord, he is the Lord of progress. He's the Lord of destiny. He is the Lord of promotions. And he is not into stagnation at all. So he is not happy if you're stagnated or he's not happy if you stop moving forward. No, continue to move forward. Continue to press in in him. The second thing the Lord wants you to do, you got to be a rock climber. What do I mean by being a rock climber? Simple. The Bible says that the word of God is like a rock. 
That's what the Bible teaches us. The word of God is a rock. And we have to stand on that rock. So when the winds and the waves come to tear us down, we will not fall off. So you got to continue to climb that rock. The rock is the word of God. Stay in that word. Remember that word. Hope in that word because God's word is true. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, verse 55, I'm going to turn it. I love this scripture. I never, I never forget the time that I first um, discovered this scripture. It wasn't in my notes, but it just came to me as I was um, 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 ministering to you. In Isaiah 55, verse 11, excuse me, in 55 it says this. Man, taking me time. Okay, good. It says this. In verse 10, sorry. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it Make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Friends and family, this Bible that God has sent, this Bible that God has helped establish, it is still accomplishing great wonders. This is why the testimony is that the Bible, the Word of God works anywhere. You have people in other nations who may not be as fortunate, and the moment they put that Word of God to work, they rise up out of poverty. There are many nations because of revival of the Word, because of getting into the Word, they have overcome great adversity because they were rock climbers, spiritual rock climbers, I like to call it. And it's really a play on words it's just to get, help you to remember but what God wants you to be in that word, stand on that word, because his word will not come back to you void. If you see a promise in the Bible, speak it out, declare it for healing. Listen, let's just, let's just, let's just say it over and over again. Healing is your divine right. You do not have to die sick. You do not have to be sick. You do not have to go through plagues. You do not have to go through weaknesses, even fatigue. Fatigue does not belong to you. Yeah, you may be experiencing some sort of fatigue, some type of tiredness, some type of um, inertia. No, it is not for you. You are, the Bible said that Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. So you are here to be energized. You're here to be stirred up. You're here to be motivated. But the word of God has established that healing belongs to you. Jesus paid the price for healing. And I want to encourage you to stand on that word. The word of God talks about wisdom. You don't have to go into something not knowing what to do, not knowing how to do it. The Bible talks about how he will give wisdom to those who ask. And whatever it is, the word of God is your answer, is your solution. So stand on that word. One of the things I'm doing, I'm continuing to stand on the word of God. There are many dreams that I have not seen yet come to pass in my life. I've seen some dreams come to pass, but there's many dreams that have not come to pass. I'm not going to give up because the word of God has encouraged me not to give up. The word of God has told me to live by faith. And I want to encourage you. The one thing about God's word is this, is that once again, it works. It works. It, when you apply his word, when you put his word to work, it works. When you stand on it, when you speak it, when you declare it, it works. When you do what it tells you to do, it works. So I want to encourage you, become a rock climber. Stay a rock climber. Stay on his word. Stay in his word. His word is not going to come back void to you. That way you can overcome disappointment. That way you can overcome discouragement. Man, think of the children of Israel went through a lot of disappointment, a lot of discouragement. A lot of it, uh, 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 they're all throughout the, the nation, they went through that, but they had to go back to that word. And every time they went back to that word, they, be, they began to experience revival. So I want to encourage you, stay in that word, become a rock climber. And the last point I want to leave with you about what's going to help you to overcome disappointment, think like a goldfish. Think like a goldfish. What does that mean? They say that the memory of a goldfish is about, is like about 10 seconds. Or think like a child. 
If you notice children, young, young, especially I have a two-year-old, they tend to forget a lot. I remember um, I disciplined my two-year-old for something she didn't do. And I woke up, I disciplined her at night. She went to bed. I woke up the next day seeing how she would act towards me. And she was all happy to see me. So I said to my, I, I came to the conclusion she must have forgot what I did to her. She just didn't remember. She was just all happy, all joyful, jumping up and down. But if you know one thing about children, they don't hold on to offenses. Very rare you find a child holding on to offense unless they're being abused constantly. And now that all they can now, all they now see is abuse because that abuse is constantly before their eyes. But children, they remember joy. They remember happiness. They have short, um, they, they, their memories are very short when it comes to the evil that, that may have been done to them. And I want to encourage you that let your memory be the same way. There's a, a pro golf player who um, right now, um, 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 he had a, a, an upset. His name was John Ram. And this um, pro golf player said, they asked him, how did you overcome this upset? Because he lost, he had a minor loss. And he said, how, and, and then he actually came back and won. And now he's back in the lead. This is in a PG, um, the um, PGA Tour. And a part of the PGA Tour is called the BMW, um, the BMW Tours um, um, Champion um, um, Challenge. A competition, sorry. So this man, they asked him, how did you overcome this upset? And he says, I think like a goldfish. I don't remember my upsets. I remember where I'm going. I remember my victory. So I want to encourage you, though you had a, a disappointing moment or though things have been disappointing for you, do your best to forget them. Not to forget them to the point where you haven't learned from them and you haven't and it's just not there, but no, do your point, do your best where what's ahead of you is, is the one that you, what's ahead of you is one that you remember most. And what's ahead of you is that God's promises are gonna be fulfilled in your life. God is gonna bless you. God wants to help you. God wants to give it to you. Think about it. The prophecy of Jesus was given hundreds, before he came, was given hundreds and hundreds of years ago. When I read the book of Isaiah, they are prophesying to kings about Jesus. And I'm sure at that time, they're like, what is this about? What are they talking about? But yet, Isaiah is saying, listen, yeah, you're going into captivity, but there's coming one who the government will sit upon his shoulder. He'll be called the son of God, the prince of peace. You know, he will rule, he will reign. And he's prophesying to him. And then year, hundreds of years later, Jesus come, 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 comes. So even that is to encourage you that, listen, though you may not see the fulfillment and though you may be disappointed for a moment, remember that God's word is going to come to pass, just like the word of Christ came to pass. Just like the word of God, the God, just like the word of God came to pass for many in the, in the scriptures, remember that God's word is going to come to pass for you. Remember that you're going to have your hope fulfilled. Oh man, um, excuse me. There's so much. There's so much. There's so 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 much. I want to encourage you and lead you with. But if there's one thing I could, if I can leave you with, is this: is that remember, remember, remember that Jesus loves you and He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Remember that he is going to bring his word to pass in your life. There's much to disappointment that I can talk about, but I just want to focus on what the Lord is really revealing to me. Um, this is not a, a time for me to really teach so much on, on it. It's more so a time to encourage, to exhort, to, to, to bless you and do no longer live in discouragement, no longer live in disappointment, no longer live in an emotional shutdown but allow yourself to rise up out of it and remember the future. Be a rock climber and, and remember that God's word will come to pass for you. Have a short-term memory when it comes to your disappointments. The, 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 the word testimony means do it again. Every time you hear a testimony, 
We're, we're declaring we want God to do it again. We, we want God to bless us. We want God to fulfill us. Every We want God to bring the path to things he has spoken to us every single time. This is why it's so important that when you hear testimonies, you're in tune with them. And the testimony of Christ is that whatever he has prophesied, Whatever he's, whatever he has brought, whatever he has said to us is going to come to pass. Whatever he has spoken to you is going to come to pass. You're believing for marriage. Your marriage, you're, you're going to get married. You're believing for a new place of work. You're believing for a business. Whatever it is that you're believing for, you're going to have those things. You may need to do some extra things. Whatever it is you may need to do, the Lord will reveal that to you. But I want to encourage you not to stay in disappointment, not to stay in the economic, not to stay in the um, emotional shutdown. Because when you do, you're going to stop the promises of God to come to pass in your life. Before we leave, I just want to pray for you, and I want to bless you that the Lord will strengthen you, that the Lord will help you, that the Lord will help you not to no longer be disappointed, but the Lord will help you to be afresh, to be anew, to have your faith renewed. And Father, I pray for your people watching right now. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you'll continue to renew their faith, continue to renew their passions, continue to renew their hopes in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you will stir them up to believe, stir them up to hope again, stir them up, Father God, to press in for the thing that you have for them. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that the word of God, the word that you have spoken to them, the word that you have sent for them will come alive inside of them, will come alive and take root in their hearts. The word that Satan is trying to snatch, I pray, Father God, that they will not let that word go, but they will hold on to that word. They'll, ex they'll expect, they'll believe, and they will see the, they'll see a fulfillment of these things in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. When it's church, that concludes my message. I want to encourage you again not to be disappointed, but the Lord of hope, that's his name, the Lord of hope, the Lord of glory will bring to pass the things he has spoken to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you're watching us and you have, you're hearing this message, you're hearing about Jesus Christ, but you are not saved, I want to tell you today that this is your time, this is your moment to get saved. This is the time for you to receive Christ. To re this is the day of salvation for you. Jesus died for the sins of humanity, not for the sins of America, not for the sins of Africa. He died for the sins of humanity. Every single human being that is out here that's living, going, um, coming, he has died for them. And when you receive that finished work that he did for us, when you receive his salvation, you become born again. So if you're ready, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. And I want you to pray really believing this. And I want you to place your hand in your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you died so that I may have life. I believe you came for me. I believe that when I receive you, my sins will be forgiven. I make you my Lord and Savior, ask you to come into my heart and abide Dwell and make your home there in, in your precious name. Amen. If you pray that simple prayer, you are now born again. You are now righteous. You're now pure. And you're now clean. You're now a son of God. You now have a new hope. You now have a new future. You have you now have new things coming your way because you're giving your life to Jesus Christ. And if you prayed that prayer, please let us know. There's a number at the bottom of the screen. Just send us a text message saying, listen, I prayed that prayer for the first time. Or send us your prayer request. If you want us to pray for you, use that same number. Or you can also email us at info at winnerschurch.com. That's info at winnerschurch.com. And before we close, we're gonna have to, we're gonna go into our giving. I wanna first of all thank all of you who've been given to been given to your church throughout the summer months. 
You have been tremendous in blessing your church. And not just throughout the summer months, throughout the year, throughout the pandemic, throughout the shutdown. Your, your blessings, your financial blessings, your financial seed was able to help us continue to record videos on a weekly basis. We were able to continue to give money towards Exodus Road. As some of you know, Exodus Road is a ministry that helps deliver young men, women, women, primarily women, young girls, and young boys, not men, young boys, out of sex trafficking. Then we were able to give to Mission Hope for Haiti, where they are a ministry in Haiti, where they're able to help build the nation of Haiti with churches, school, and also just blessing the communities of Haiti, especially in light of their, their recent earthquake and assassination. But because of your giving, we're able to do these things. In addition to that, we're able to help others who may be in need in our church. So thank you so much for being a summer sower. The word is this, is that as you have given, God's going to give back to you. As you, have, as you have helped your church, as you have enhanced your church, God's going to help you. God's going to enhance you. Be on the lookout for financial opportunities. Be on the lookout for financial blessings, financial prosperity. Be on the lookout because you have gave. And I want you to, I want to encourage you to continue to give. Continue to be encouraged to give. Continue to give by faith. Continue to press in in your giving. Don't hold back. Don't give up, but the Lord is blessing, the Lord is giving, the Lord is prospering because of your giving. Some of you, after you, after you gave, you got a promotion. After you gave, you got a, a, a new job. After you gave, you saw that they weren't going to fire you. They actually heard one testimony of a person who during the pandemic, they were letting people go, and this particular person was not let go. And this person said to me, I know because I'm a tither. So those of you who have given, you have seen what God is doing for you. So I want to encourage you to give, but those who are not, give. Don't be a afraid. Don't be hesitant. This is a time. This is an hour of financial prosperity, financial multiplication. This is a season where God wants to multiply. And one of the ways he's going to do that is with your faith coupled with your giving. So if you're ready to give, it's simple, it's easy. There are steps below at the bottom of the screen. You can choose any one of those steps, any one of those um, um, ways of giving. And when you give, we'll, we'll definitely receive that. And sure enough, know that God is going to bless you when you give. And I just want to bless those who have given and those who are giving today. May God bless you. May God continue to prosper you. May God continue to um, um, help you. As a matter of fact, may the Lord remove the financial blockage in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever Satan has tried to stop, may the Lord remove that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord renew your mind. May the Lord help you to open your mind to receive financial blessings, to receive financial prosperity. May the Lord bless you to recognize. May the Lord bless you to see before you the opportunities that he has given you to prosper, to be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. I want to encourage you not to be afraid to put your money to work, not to be afraid to put the money to use. You've been giving, you've been sowing, therefore put your faith in the fact that God will rebuke the devourer because you're a giver in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much once again for those who have given and those who are giving today in Jesus' mighty name. And when it's church, this concludes our message next week. We'll, um, next week, it won't, I won't be up here, but very soon you'll be hearing from Pastor Maurice or someone else um, who passed their schedule. But I just want to bless you. God bless you. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you next time. Don't forget, September 19th, I forgot to talk about it. We are reopening again. September 19th, Sunday, 11 a.m. Be there, and we're going to have an awesome time. Come expecting and come, with, and, and come praying before the service. In Jesus' my name, amen. Take care. <laughs>